What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Opening the Vault. I'm one of your hosts, Ben, and I am joined by my two co-hosts, Sam and Ryan, today. How are you guys doing? I'm here. <laughs> I was waiting for Ryan. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm here, and I'm very happy to be here. Um, my podcast is relaunching soon. You'll very hear nice. about that at the end. <laughs> and how are you, Ryan? I'm doing really well, too. A lot of good things have been lining up in my life, and I'm just in a really good headspace, and I'm ready to record today. Awesome. I'm ready to record, too. It's been a while since we've actually uh, done a recording, even though we've had some episodes come out uh, during that period. Uh, well, today we are talking Aristocats. And oh my god, I cannot believe that as a kid, I didn't enjoy this uh, from what I remember. I don't know if I've ever actually seen it all the way through until this run through, but I loved this movie. I thought it was funny. I thought that the plot had its ups and downs. It had some great characters. Like, I think that I don't know if it's my new number one, but it is in my top five for sure uh, from what we've seen so far. Yeah, so this is one of the Disney movies that I do remember watching from my childhood, and I did actually watch in my childhood. And I must say, it did hold up, mostly. Yeah, I'm really glad you guys like this, because um, I am not afraid to say it. Before this podcast happened, I did rewatch like all the old movies that I liked as a kid, just to see if they held up. And I still really liked this movie, and I've rewatched it multiple times, just when I need a brain break. I mm -hmm. think this movie, for adults... Um, it's just a great brain break because it's just a very happy movie. It's fast paced and, you know, you get really unrealistic love expectations from Abraham DeLacy, mm -hmm. Giuseppe Casey, Thomas O'Malley, mm -hmm. the cat. Where, and spread rose petals and like shake them over my head and be like, your eyes look like sapphires. <laughs> I know my eyes are brown. He can like find something else to be able to continue with you. But like... I want to hear that. Yeah, everyone everyone needs a Tomcat in their life. Um, so this movie had a runtime of 79 minutes, which flew by. Like, absolutely flew by. Um, I felt like I blinked and this movie was, like, over. And I was like, oh my god, I could go for another hour of this. Um, it had a budget of $4 million and a box office total. So I know I've been saying these totals and they seem really high, but this is over the life of the movie so far in box office uh, around the world and this has a box office total of 191 million dollars so nice. very very successful movie um it was originally released on december 11th 1970 and was the first movie to come out after walt disney had passed away uh for disney um but it is was also the last movie that he actually worked on. Uh, so he was directly involved in the choice to actually make this a animated movie instead of live action is what they actually wanted to start with. But um, he decided that it just would look better and would work better uh, as an animated feature. Uh, agree, because back then the technology was not there and even now the technology is not there. Watch the live action Lion King, tell me Ooh. I'm wrong. Yeah, I totally agree. I love this style of animation. It's probably my favorite one. And I think that's why this and 101 Dalmatians just have been like consistently my favorite um, movies as a kid. I just love like little animal movies running away from like a weird evil person who wants to kill them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it just had so many great moments in it. Like it was very lighthearted. It had a little bit of like 
given poll. Uh, the villain, I have to say, definitely brings down this movie overall. I think he was pretty lame, and I'm sure we'll talk about him later. But uh, his math and choices were so bad that he decided to do this big, elaborate scheme that really netted him nothing. Uh, was uh, less than ideal. But I really liked the two dogs that kind of had more interaction with him than anyone, anyone else. Um, and I liked they kept bringing back voices. Uh, so the voice of Baloo, for one, is back uh, as Thomas O'Malley. And we'll see a lot more of these voices actually come back in later ones. Uh, one of the dogs does the same voice as sh the Sheriff of Nottingham in Robin Hood. So it's really nice that to hear these like similar voices over and over uh, to know that they, these were the voices of Disney and will continue to be voices of Disney for quite a while too for a lot of them. So uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of a, a fun thing to hear too. Oh yeah. And then going back to what I said about Thomas O'Malley ruining me for men is like just the voice actor for Baloo and Thomas and the sheriff, just like hearing all, uh, it's just like a great voice, mm -hmm. you know? I feel like yeah. I need to... I'm really attracted to the sound of someone's voice first, usually. Like, uh, I'm not really... I don't have a specific look that I go for when I date a person, but I definitely like their... this. I like to like the sound of their voice, like a really deep kind of gravelly one. I'm really into that. Are you an audiophile? <laughs> I don't know what that means. You're really attracted to sound. Oh, I guess so. I... Um, I have like a very active brain, so I need to have constant stimulation um, of like my stimulation. You know, my ears, um, <laughs> my, ears my eyes. Like I need to be stimulated, or else I freak myself out because um, I have very high anxiety. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I just can't relax and eat my dinner. I have to relax and eat my dinner while reading a book and listening to music mm -hmm. or listening to a podcast. So that's why I listen to so many and why I have to listen to the so many is just like sometimes you just can't be alone with your thoughts. Yeah. Um, so I need someone with a very amazing voice <laughs> to throw rose petals at me. <laughs> uh, totally fair. Um, yeah. So actually, you know how I said that I wish we had more of this. They actually almost made a couple other things around the Aristocats. Uh, one was uh, they had planned on making the Aristocats 2 back in 2005, but the idea was scrapped for probably obvious reasons that I don't think that it would work well. Um, it was apparently supposed to have been like a murderless murder on the Orient Express, which I do not think what? would not, would like not have worked at all and would not have made sense. Uh, but no, I don't like that. I will other... say... Oh, sorry. Go ahead with oh, the other I was just going to say, the other uh, project they were going to work on was in 2003 on the Disney Channel as a syndicated uh, program or a syndicated <laughs> show uh, was around Marie Toulouse and Berylos. Uh, Toulouse and, and Berylos. Yeah. And Marie uh, as they turn into teenagers. And that could have oh been cute. God. I think okay. that would have really oh fit God. in with what was happening on Disney Channel in 2003. Like, you saw, like, the Aladdin show and the Hercules show and these kind of things. Like, so I think that would have fit fine into that lineup. But I'm glad that they didn't do it because I think that it probably would have taken away from how much I enjoyed it this time around. Can I just say, though, about the whole TV show thing? So, Ben, I'm very sorry to tell you this. 
but in 2003, I was six years old, so I wasn't allowed to watch television. Oh, Jesus. Um, You're so young. So I have no context for them. I uh, did just see that there's a Hercules TV show. I didn't even know it existed. Oh, it's so good. The Aladdin TV show is good, too. You. Sam and I watched them. I watched the little. No, I said one. I wasn't allowed to watch TV at uh, six. Yeah, um, uh, and they had like the Lilo and Stitch show on that around that time as well. That one was good. Yeah, that was great. Um, that one made the most sense. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I mean, Aladdin made some sense. Like, I it didn't make sense that Iago went over, but that's fine. Um, yeah. Overall, though, I think that they made the right choice deciding not to make a show yeah. or another movie because i think that like with aladdin two and three and four um they got less and less attention and really just took Don't away to serialize everything yeah like it, these Dad movies alone. are fine to yeah. just be themselves right you don't need cinderella two and three even though some people love those movies oh hold on yeah <laughs> like sam uh, loves those movies are... <laughs> but i think that it yeah this those sequels in this house then <laughs> I'm not. I'm not dissing them. I just don't know if they were needed. Uh, they could have been with a different character, same story, different character, right? Like we didn't need to keep going on with these same characters over and over again. Like we do that now, and I know that we do that now with like Star Wars and Marvel and all these things. But uh, you know, sometimes it's nice to just have like a one and done, right? Just I, let yeah, it go out I there. Agree. But I you do... know, it's the house of mouse and money. It's true. Yeah. I do have one thing to say though. So actually, they just bought Hulu too, Disney, yeah. um, which is crazy. But anyway, uh, I had a point about sequels real quick. Uh, I don't know if I brought this up in the 101 Dalmatians thing, but I recently learned that. So the book 101 Dalmatians has a sequel, but it's okay. totally unfilmable. Um, so the sequel movie to 102 Dalmatians and whatever that they did after that's totally original work to Disney. Of course it is, because it's not that great. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> it's not a great sequel. Um, but the sequel book is called The Twilight Barking, and it is insane. Like, everyone in London, all the humans fall asleep, and then all the dogs get superpowers and can, like, fly around and talk. What? Um, and, yeah, thing, and it turns out it's aliens. Um, <laughs> and they go... Separate from what the original was. Oh my god. Yeah, and they go like, um, oh, uh, we we want you to come with us because we're searching for perfect beings and dog uh, dogs are truly um like angelic and we want you to come with us. And they say, no, we can't leave our masters. So they go say, okay, and they get take the superpowers away from the dogs and they wake everyone up and that's the end of the story. <laughs> I mean, I guess all dogs do go he go to heaven, right? So uh, maybe they should have yeah, gone. Are we gonna do that movie? I don't think that's Disney, is it? Well, Don Bluth, like, his movies got bought, so Anastasia's on there, and I think Thumbelina. Thumbelina's on there. So maybe All Dogs Go to Heaven's on Look, there. If we, if we do that, that, we have to do Thumbelina, because I Of course. Yeah. So that's, mm -hmm. that's something we can definitely talk about, because I, I would love to do those movies. I, I remember loving All Dogs Go to Heaven, and, like, The Littlest Toaster, and all those kind of things. Like, those the things that we all toast. thought were Disney, but weren't actually Disney. <laughs> So I never saw Little is Toaster or All Dogs Go to Heaven, but I have seen Thumbelina and Anastasia, and I feel like we have to do Anastasia. Yeah. They have to, oh princess. my god. So many good anime oh, movies. Uh, yeah, awesome. Is there anything else before we jump into the plot? Do we do... I forget. 
we do the question of the day now. Oh, the, yeah, uh, we'll do the question of the day now then. Uh, so, okay. uh, last so decided, time. Oh, yeah. Uh, we decided for the question of the week to be when you start making your end of life plans and stuff, what would you choose to have um, happen to your pets? Like, what would you leave your pets? Now, as a single person with nobody after I've got no nephews, no nieces, no anything, uh, if I had a pet, I'd probably leave it to them so that they could, like, have a nice life. Like, it would depend on the money and stuff, though. Currently, I don't really have enough to leave somebody, really. Um, that would be a, any kind of significant thing. Uh, so I'd probably leave my pet to somebody. <laughs> but overall, I mean... Like, if you had the money, like, if I was, say, this person, like, the woman in this, why not? Like, she doesn't have any descendants. Just leave the money to the pets. Let them have a great life until they pass away and then have that money pass on to someone else. Seems like a perfect plan. Mm. Yeah, I agree, too. Like, if I were near the end of my life and I, and say I had, like, a family member who is younger than me, like, significantly younger than me and healthier than me, I would leave a chunk of money to them and then I'd... I'd have my pets go to them, you know, or like maybe an animal sanctuary kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really think that Madame, I don't know if she has a name other than Madame. D uh, I have the summary right here. Madame Adeline Bonfamille. Adelaide Bonfamille. So Adelaide has a really great end of life plan, if you ask me. I'm kind of mm -hmm. obsessed with making these because um, I think about death a lot. No reason. <laughs> um, but I, I'm thinking about, it's it's very interesting because, it, at least in America, when you die, if you don't have a will and testament, um, or even if you do have a will and testament, but you don't have a trust. Um, so a lot of people make fun of like rich kids as like trust fund babies. But if you consolidate your money into a trust, it's way easier to give the money out to your descendants because they don't have to go to court to claim it. Mm -hmm. So if you don't, the bank. your kids have to go to court um, and prove that they are um, descendants and like produce a will if need be. Mm -hmm. um, so she is updating her will. She's keeping up to date with this, which is really great for her. She has a lawyer on file. Not all of us can afford that. But um, I think that she doesn't have anyone else to think of but her pets and her pets are like her life right now she's yeah. so distraught when they're gone so i think the same as you ben i would be like i would go through all of my friends and family and see like hey uh you know when i pass on can i get can i trust you to take care of my pet and i will give like i will have like a stipend set up so that you can pay for that because pets are a monetary responsibility of course so I'd like probably get a lawyer involved and I would go through my own bills and sort of calculate how much I like to spend on them. And um, I sort of like write up what I do with the pet just so the person maybe if they're not accustomed to dealing with cats or dogs, whatever I have, they know like, oh, you do need to play with a cat at least this amount of time a day. And you need to, you know, pet them and make sure they're given attention because I mm -hmm. think a lot of people don't think cats need attention, but they do. And she did her due diligence. She has no reason to suspect her butler is going to murder her cats. Exactly. She thinks she loves her cats and her pets, and she trusts him. He's like the only family she has. So she's 
says, okay, so my butler's probably going to outlive me. I really, you know, care for my butler and I care for my animals. So I'll leave it to my animals first because in legalese, that's, you know, what you have to do is you trust money to your animals until their death. And then those cats, because they don't have power of attorney, that will then go to Albert. Edgar. Edgar. I was going to say Albert. <laughs> Edgar. Uh, Butler. It, this is the most fiscally responsible thing you can do. Yeah. So I'm all for this woman, and I think this is the dumbest villain plan we've had so far. Yeah, and I mean, we'll get into that a little more later, but oh my god, you're right. Like, why wouldn't you do this? Like, like I get, like, giving your money to, like, next of kin and stuff. Of course, that makes sense. But, you know, if you don't have next of kin and you, like, love your cats, like, family, why not, like, set up a thing so that they can, like, live comfortably until they also pass away, right? Yeah. And also, the thing with next of kin as well, even if you have, like, kids that you kind of want to leave your dog to, what if um, the kids have to pay an extra fee mm-hmm. for in their apartment complex to have a pet or they have to move to a new co- apartment complex to keep the pet? Yeah. In California, it's like a lot of the time they just won't let you rent anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's like a huge expense and if you don't calculate that and add that into your will it's like i unfortunately know of a lot of people who've had to give up family pets because they just can't keep them after the true owner has passed Mm -hmm. and it like you know you inherit a dog but then you realize like i can't care for this dog because i just paid like maybe forty thousand dollars for all the funeral costs for this person because they didn't have money set up they just Mm -hmm. told me to take the dog yeah you know? so. But yeah, no, I, I think those are great. I think I, I'm excited to talk about her plan and the, the awful plan that Edgar has. Because, oh my god. Yeah. Also, I just just putting it out here, she's like, I mean, we talked about this a little bit before, but she's yeah. maybe like late 70s, early 80s at the most, uh, based on like... She can still walk. Print. She can still walk. She's, she's fine, right? She's retired yeah. and everything, but like, she might still live most of those cats like you don't know like <laughs> she might outlive duchess i think she'll definitely outlive duchess duchess seemed like yeah, an old probably cat not the maybe like, not yeah, kittens, but also duchess is i i'm yeah. sad to say but living a healthy lifestyle either way so yeah you can live to like 100 sometimes yeah. over 100 you know but also so, realize the time period was 1910 yeah, people true. lived that long. It was just so. Here's the thing about like, oh, life expectancy was this low in this time period. It's no, I because know it's all the infant mortalities, but I, I well, think it's because of the medicine too. It's mm. not just that, yeah. So infant mortality is what brought down the Middle Ages one, but yeah, it is medicine. And now that we have all these vaccines, which by the way, get your vaccines. A fourth shot is coming out soon. Oh really? Yes. I don't think we're getting that. No, it's it's not like coming out next month. It's um they're formulating another booster shot because oh, okay. people haven't gotten the booster shot, so another Omicron's going to be coming. It's a preemptive shot. The third oh, okay. one was yeah. brutal. Get your vac- get your vaccines. Uh, I know Please. in in Canada a lot of our restrictions are lifting like completely by the end of next month, but get your vaccines. Yeah. It's good to keep yourself safe. Um good to keep around, people around you safe and no one wants to get sick. Uh, I've known so many people who've gotten COVID and it's not a walk in the park. So yes, get your vaccines. Uh, I know this will date itself very badly in the future because one day COVID will be gone, but Hey, Hey, getting vaccines for anything. is a good thing. Always a good thing. I am pro vaccine. 
yeah, just real quick. Um, there is a podcast called This Podcast Will Kill You, and it is amazing. So it's a virology podcast, as in they cover all different kinds of diseases, and they've done a ton of stuff on COVID and all the variants. So you really understand what you're facing and, you know, what you can do. But they've done, like, all sorts of episodes. They did, like, um, the Black Plague and stuff. And uh, Cool. Uh, I think they did syphilis too. Like, okay. it's a really cool thing. Both of the hosts are named Aaron. It's very cute. Awesome. I'll have to check that out. All right. Well, let's jump into the plot. 1910. Mother Cat Duchess and her three kittens uh, live in Paris with a retired opera diva, Madame Adele Bonfamille, and her English butler, Edgar, who's an asshole. The cats are pampered pets and live a luxurious love lifestyle, including playing music and doing art and just having a grand old time in their owner's home. These cats are cute as hell. Oh my god. I love when he's like, want their life. he's paint like he's doing the finger paints and he makes a picture of Edgar and it looks really funny. And then he like plays the piano with the painted hands and I'm just like, oh my god, that is a grand piano, man. What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? <laughs> Actually, maybe it wasn't. It maybe it was just a stand-up. But... Yeah, it makes me think of when I took piano lessons, because the piano teacher for each student, she would, like, assign a colorful sticker, and um, she would, like, assign, like, where your fingers were supposed to go for oh, certain yeah. parts of the music. And so, like, her whole piano was just covered with a million different colors of stickers. That's amazing. Um, well, one I day... Yeah, it was... <laughs> one day... Uh... While she is preparing her will uh, with her lawyer, George Hotcourt, who is amazing. I love this character. I, 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 I'm going to go off here, but he is one of my favorite parts of this entire movie. Like, when he's going up the stairs and he, like, grabs the Edgar's uh, suspenders and, like, rides him up the stairs. Oh, my God. What a scene. I love when they make old people full of life. Like, the yes. so. In Mary Poppins, I really hate when they make old people look, like, totally backwards and they're barely moving and everything. Because mm-hmm. and... most of the old people I know are, you know, they're finally retired and they don't have to work anymore, so they're very happy. Yeah. Uh, he actually reminds me a lot of the grandfather from Beat the Robinsons. He's got the same kind of personality and, like, upbeat like thing. Kind of looks like him, too. I wonder if he was modeled after him. I didn't hear what you said, what it, he reminded you of. Oh, the granddad from uh, Meet the Robinsons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, everything about him is, like, now that Ryan said it, like, he even looks like him. Like, from top to wonder, top to bottom. Well, I wonder if they're, like, modeled after each other. We'll have to wait for the Meet the Robinsons episode to figure that out. But yeah. It's both Great movie. Improper, Great movie. Would. All right, so Madame declares that her vast fortune will be left to her cats. And then once the cats pass away, uh, the money will revert to Edgar uh, so that he can live comfortably because she obviously has very good feelings for him. Edgar overhears this, though, through the speaking tube because he is a eavesdropping asshole. And after a very terrible terrible math calculation because he somehow thinks that cats actually live nine times the amount that uh, they normally should um he decides that he needs to eliminate the cats and by eliminate i mean wants to put them in a bag and leave them somewhere and hope that they 
don't get out of the cloth bag with their scrub well, sharp he drums in verse two, so he's just leaving them open to get straight up eaten by a wild animal. That's true. Well, maybe that was his plan all along, so maybe it was less of a bad plan than I originally thought. I will say, the only good thing about his plan is that it led to a really inventive chase scene. So there's always the obligatory chase scene, mm -hmm. but this one actually had different elements to it um, than we've seen before, so I thought it was okay to be in there. <laughs> so as he t is taking the cats out to the countryside on his motorcycle, uh, he is ambushed by two hounds named Napoleon and Lafayette. Uh, which is kind of funny because they're both uh, very big in different wars. Um, one Napoleon, obviously Napoleon and Lafayette was part of the American Revolution, I believe. If I'm not wrong. Lafayette, yes. Lafayette, yes. Losing his hat, the sidecar, the umbrella, his shoes, and the basket before escaping. Uh, one oh, thing... Yep. Sorry. But uh, Napoleon does have a part in American history. It just popped into my head. So Napoleon is how we got the Louisiana Purchase, which is like oh, yeah. a third of like all that land that was French. Mm -hmm. We got So American audiences know Napoleon that way. Probably. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I learned about that in school too. So one thing I've got to say about this plan as he's running away from two dogs or two hounds he did the worst thing he could do as a criminal and leave behind all evidence. kinds of evidence. All of the evidence that he would ever need. Well, we already decided that he's dumb as bricks, you know, with his mathematics. And yes, it's, <laughs> and it's, it's plan. his plan to he kill the animals he loves. And then also, in my notes, I wrote down, like, so from, like, a true crime perspective, because I do, I listen to, like, true crime podcasts and I watch the documentaries and stuff. Not in a ghoulish way. If it turns ghoulish, I just turn it off. Um, but anyway, from that kind of a perspective, the cops in Paris are full. He's never even questioned in this whole movie. They're totally incompetent. And we can tell from, like, the newspaper that Madame has, like, Adelaide has gone to the police. Because there's, there's a like, kidnapper. Yeah, there's a kidnapper on the loose is uh, in the newspaper. So we know she's gone to the police. Now, of I wonder if the police just it. wouldn't Who care. Who else has motive? It's always the Who butler, let's be honest. Who is going to break into a house to take kittens out of the house? Without, like, any kind of ransom or anything. Yeah, and here's the thing. is like, the house is just so full of riches, they could have taken literally anything else. But they only have, like, took the cats. But why would they just take the cats? And then they see, and then, you know, they ask you, like, what were you doing the day they went missing? And she goes, oh, I had my lawyer over and I redid my will. Excuse me? <laughs> oh, yeah, I redid my will so my cats get all my money. Oh, who's the next beneficiary? Even the butler. So it's like, who, who knows about the cats? <laughs> who knows about the cats other than Edgar? Uh, yeah, though, he has the only motive. To be fair, though, as a cop, if someone came that came and said like, "Oh, someone came and stole my cats," I, my first question in my mind would be, "Are you sure you didn't leave a door open and they just walked away?" The cats they have a cat door. Yeah, like they're cats. Like cats walk away all the time and don't come back for like a day or two until they're hungry. Uh, so yeah, well, that would thing. be my thought as a police. I'm very officer. disillusioned with the police. But she fair. is rich. She's rich also and influential. She's going to do what she wants. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe I'm coming at this from a not rich person perspective. I'm coming at this from an A cab perspective. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, so the cats are left stranded in the countryside while Madame Adelaide uh, and Rockfort the mouse, who is super adorable, and I'm pretty sure they use this exact same character look and voice in... Uh, it's either Robin Hood or it is in... Oh, the Rescuers. Rescuers. Uh, but this I'm exact so model is done. Uh, it's yes, exact I'm... model and voice is used. So that's really cool. Yeah, and I will go on my mouse fashion tangent again because I mm. love how they dress the mice and I love his little deer stalker and his little capelet, which by the way, I got a cape pattern, so I'm going to make one now. Nice. And I'm probably going to model it after this mouse. <laughs> Definitely should. This mouse is awesome. This mouse has been the best mouse so far too because we've seen oh, a yeah, lot of mice. He is... He's willing to sacrifice for his He's the family. best mouse over Mickey. Well, Mickey yes. hasn't... Oh, Mickey has been in one of them. Yes, he's Fantasia. still better. But Mickey and Fantasia wasn't great. Come on, let's be honest. He was like... He was awesome, but at the same time, he was like a, a terrible employee. That's really what he was. Yeah, he, he didn't understand the true power. And he, he stole doing. from his his boss. <laughs> like, exactly. Um... But, like, he's better than, like, Dumbo's mice and Cinderella's mice. And, oh, my God, there's so oh, yeah, many mice. Oh, so many mice. And then there's also Fru-Fru the horse, who is, again, I'm going to say it, it's probably the best horse we've seen so far, too. She's amazing. Yeah. Give uh, Fru-Fru a kiss, you know? Yeah. She deserves it. She mm -hmm. is, like, she's got to put up with a lot of bullshit, this movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's not like she can leave the house unseen. She has to stay at home and, like, worry about her little mouse friend going off to save her cat friends. Yeah. And the little babies that she adores because she lets the little kittens ride on her head. Oh my god, so um, cute. And, you know, it's I feel for Fru-Fru because she's, yeah. she's stuck. And then finally she gets to take action at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in the morning, Duchess meets an alley cat named Thomas O'Malley, the great Thomas O'Malley, who offers to guide her and the kittens to Paris. What a nice guy. If I may. Sorry. I know I'm interrupting a lot. That's okay. Your analysis, but his name isn't Thomas O'Malley. It's um, Abraham DeLacy, Giuseppe Casey, Thomas O'Malley, the alley cat. <laughs> to be very specific, because he has a whole song about it. I, exactly. Yeah, that's true. He made a whole song. We gotta call him that. Can uh, I just say also, when he was like, when he was like talking to her for the first time, Duchess knew what she was doing by licking her paw and giving him those eyes. Oh yeah, oh, yeah she, she knew what she was doing. Eyes. You know that she was giving like the "come fuck me" eyes. Like she she wanted a piece of that O'Malley. No, she knows she's hot, and she you know she deserves attention. She just went through a horrible night. She yeah. needs attention. She needs to get out of this situation. So you got to use your feminine wiles when you need to. Exactly, I would if I had them. Uh, so the great feminine wiles. Oh, I would. I, I would love to have some great feminine wiles. Instead, I just have me. <laughs> All right. So the group briefly hitchhikes in a milk truck, which I think is awesome. Like they get to have their little milk like treat on the way, um, before being chased out by the driver, because you know you can't have cats ruining the milk that you're supposed to be selling. Later, while crossing a railroad trestle, the cats narrowly avoid an oncoming train, uh, and Marie falls into the river. O'Malley immediately dives in to rescue her because, of course he does. Like, this guy is just the creme de la creme, salt of the earth kind of man, and, him and is himself then rescued by Amelia and Abigail 
Gable? Gable? Gable. Gable. Uh, two British geese on holiday. I love these geese. Like, I know I they're keep saying this, but, oh, but they're so great. They're like... And then Uncle Edgar, is it? Um, I think... That's a little later. I think yeah, that's a little but I'm later. just saying he's like my favorite yeah, goose. Edgar. Yeah, Edgar. But it's... Seeing these two, like, this is like... Maybe this is just very stereotypical, like, old school British, like like nose up kind of thing but man i love yeah. them i loved that they had some attitude they like like didn't take shit from nobody kind of attitude i was like yeah i like these two like i loved um when they introduced to the cats after they saved thomas and they like dry everyone off and they talk to duchess and they're like oh is your is your husband coming uh, with us he's like very interesting and then when they find out and they call him handsome and everything and then they find out he's not married he's a tomcat and they immediately are like Oh, are you fucking preying on this woman and her yeah. children, you bastard? Yeah. Why don't you fucking fight me? And I'm like, yeah, they're oh, like, yeah. they're so you protective. I love it. Like, oh, you don't know this woman? Fuck you. That's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where am I? Uh, the geese lead the cats out to the outskirts of Paris and depart uh, to deal with their inebriated Uncle Waldo. That's what it is. Waldo. Uncle yeah. Waldo. Oh my god, I love Uncle Waldo. Like that Me is too. that scene of them with him too is like that's like the perfect scene. I'm like, yes. That was me in university with my sober friends who had to deal with me when I got drunk. <laughs> um He's lived a life he narrowly escaped death, you know? Yeah. It's he's it's pretty awesome. Waldo I Waldo knew where it was at. Uh meanwhile though. Edgar returns to the countryside to retrieve his possessions uh, so that the only evidence that incriminates him can be taken back from Lafayette and Napoleon. And after a diff- <laughs> Oh my god, the difficulty within the... It was the haystack scene. Uh, it oh, I was... love the shoe scene where, like... <laughs> <laughs> Everything about where this scene was awesome. Where the little gets the shoes on his back feet so they're tracking yep. the shoes. Um, and then I just love the music that they play during the chase scene. Where it's like, banana, and it's just very, it's very serious music for just the most slapstick part of the movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They and then I love the. You're not gonna believe this. It's a haystack on one wheel. <laughs> they got the music right in this, except for the first song. The first song did not belong in this because the rest of this like feels very like upbeat. Uh, there's very few like that slow kind of song, but the first song in this like during the intro was very slow. Uh, and I did feel not yeah, I didn't really care for the credits. Yeah, I thought the end credits were really nice though. I thought they yeah. were very pretty. But the first, the beginning ones were too long, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, so we are now traveling across the rooftops of the city. Uh, the cats meet up with O'Malley's friends, the Scat Cat, and his musicians. Scat Cat was actually supposed to be played by um, Louis Armstrong originally, <gasps> but unfortunately he you got s- influence. Yeah, but he got sick around the time that it was filming, and he wasn't able to do it. So oh my God. you guys yeah. don't understand. I'm kind of in love with Louis Armstrong. He oh, who is Louis Armstrong's I mean, awesome. I'm. Just- Oof. looking around to get like my hands on one of his vintage records because I, I just got a record player so. very nice but yeah so unfortunately he got sick and wasn't able to do it but yeah you can see the influence like they wrote this part for him mm-hmm. uh, 
who performed the song Everybody Wants to Be a Cat, which is such an iconic song. And in the soundtracks, uh, funny enough, they actually have removed the uh, racial slur kind of lyrics, like all the racially charged lyrics uh, uh, around two minutes and 30 seconds in. They removed that from all soundtracks now, so they... But they kept it in the movie for some reason, uh, without just taking out that like ten second portion that could yeah. have very easily been removed. So it's Look, very I confusing. This, though, I say this as an Asian American. Mm-hmm. That is one of the least offensive portrayals I've seen, though, in comparison to other movies. Oh you yeah, know? it's in the Breakfast at Tiffany's, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but or it's no Indiana Jones. My biggest thing though wasn't the lyrics per se just like the chopsticks and not so much like that you're disrespecting chopsticks as like a tool to eat with it's like you wouldn't be able to play piano with chopsticks anyway no yeah yeah um and then i also going back to our fantasia episode they cut out the extreme racism but they left in the asian racism the mushrooms yeah Yeah, mushrooms but then we have seen multiple instances of asian racism so i think this is also a case of people not taking racism against asian people very seriously mm-hmm. in american media but so i don't know what we need to do for them to take it as seriously as they do um as like negative portrayals of african-american people but so there is like something at the beginning of this movie saying like hey there's something racist in here which is good but they did that for Fantasia too, and they still cut out the extreme racism. Yeah, but I guess the difference and I would feel be like, like... Cutting out this one cat from the song and just maybe have them yeah. dancing in the background or something. Yeah, because other like, than that, it's like I guess like they also put in like the look of it, but at the same time, like I agree. I think that they should have removed that portion. I don't think that had any business still being here. Like acknowledge it yeah. and then just remove it. Um but I, I guess also we also oh, had other ones that had been like that too. Like, I mean, we had it in Jungle Book. We had it in Peter Pan. Lady in the Tramp. Lady in the Tramp, where you yeah. couldn't remove these things. But in this one, it's a very easy part to just remove it. And it is confusing why they didn't. Yeah, and then there's this really weird trend um, with the way they've drawn Siamese cats at this point with Lady in the mm-hmm. Tramp and at this point too, where they draw the cats with slanted eyes, like hooded eyes, mm-hmm. as in like an Asian person's eyes, except if you've ever seen a Siamese cat in person, they have usually much larger eyes than the average cat, like wider openings. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the oh, time wow. they're cross-eyed too, because their <laughs> eyes are so big. Yeah. Um, so that's not even anatomically correct. You're just also, being racist. Just as a question, like, for Siamese cat, is that are Siamese cats really big in Asia? Like, this is something I actually don't know and would love to know more about. Well, because... Siamese cats, I believe they come from Southeast Asia. Okay. Uh, particularly, um, I don't. Okay. Because I would I relate know. them more to like Egyptian background, right? I don't know much about, like, cat genealogy, to be quite honest. Okay. So I don't know, like, where they... I, I believe they get their name, though, because from Siam, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but... they are... They were bred in Asia. Hold on. My internet is really slow. Okay. So they're the first... Oh. Okay. Derived from the... 
Hello, why are you not loading? <laughs> As your thing loads up, uh, and we will get to it after we finish up the thing, but it is something I'm actually very interested in uh, learning, because, yeah, because every time we have seen them in Disney, they've all been um, somewhat racially charged towards Asian, like how yeah. they look. Um, I will say this, though. The solution is... For Asian racism to be taken more seriously, and I say this as an Asian American, we have to speak up more, and not just like people speaking up for us, but we us ourselves, we have to speak up more because as a people, we are raised, you know, to be quiet, and that's kind of part of mm -hmm. our culture. But if we want to be taken seriously, and we want our racism against us taken seriously, and to be treated with the same respect or like the same, you know, kind of just. I don't know, the, to be looked as just as bad as other racism, then we need to speak up more. That's just my take, you know? Totally like, fair. even on, like, microaggressions too, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, because, like, it happens. It happens, like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, saying that you need to speak up every single instance that it happens to you, always be safe. But, you know, as a community, we just need to call it out more, you know? We need to yeah. stop being like, that's just the way it is. You know, I, I know that since birth we're always told to keep our mouth shut you know that's the way to survive but that's not the way to live no you know? and oh, yeah. it's not even it's really a way to survive anymore like we've really come to a place where we can talk about this and that's why we're talking about this subject too right it's noticing these things that seemed okay at the time and even as a kid like you didn't really notice it or at least I didn't as a white male <laughs> I did not notice to these be honest, things I didn't notice but, it either yeah and like growing up and like finally having these things come to life right and like understanding that yes there is these are very there's a lot of racially charged things in these movies and it's great to talk about them but yeah you're right i think it's on everybody to speak up uh but we are often told like i was told as a kid as well like don't like keep quiet and like don't like be out there too much because that's where you get into trouble right um, yeah but i but will yeah. say though so also, especially with my racial microaggressions, a lot of the time, uh, well, not all of, all of the time, but sometimes it is totally unintentional. Mm -hmm. And when you call it out, um, if the person is, you know, a good natured person, they will like take the time to work on themselves about it. Yeah. Especially if they're white. And then real quick, the page loaded. Awesome. So, Chinese cat is the first distinctly recognized breed of cat from Asia. So they were yeah. actually native to Thailand, which is formerly known as Siam. So that's mm -hmm. why they're called Siamese. Okay. Okay. So I, I, I guess that's, yeah, I, it still doesn't really that. Yeah, no, <laughs> they, they should have done better back then, but, uh, well, yeah, that's yeah. not an excuse to make no. them Asian. No. <laughs> characters. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. All right, also, where was I? Licks, too. They're like, yes. Egg foo young, fortune Ugh. cookie. Those aren't even real Chinese dishes. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually doing an episode about um, how Asian food was changed when Asian immigrants came to America. Because at first it was largely Japanese people. And so there's a lot of like raw fish in the Japanese diet, especially with sushi and everything. So... They couldn't really market their traditional food to American customers because largely uh, Japanese immigrants were coming to open restaurants. So they would sort of do their own spin on traditional Chinese dishes because that's sort of their next door neighbor country. So that's what they knew. Mm -hmm. 
it's sort of like almost like Tex-Mex is okay. how I'm going to describe it. Um, so, you know, the fortune cookie does not exist in China, but there is a very similar type of cookie in Japan that was eaten during tea ceremonies and it wasn't folded like that, but it was stamped with a beautiful design. And so they brought that recipe over and just folded it prettily. Okay, cool. Man, I love I love when like you talk about the food stuff because it's so interesting and like always makes me learn something new. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. Um. So where were we? Uh. After the band had departed. Okay. But again, this is like one of the greatest songs. Like when you listen to a soundtrack when they like removed the uh, racist lyrics. Oh yeah. Uh, no, it is great. such a great song. It's so like it's so popping. It like brings up the mood. It brings up the energy of the entire movie too. Uh, I'm really into these like jazzy songs yeah. that we're getting now in the seventies. Yeah, and really dancing. Does want to be a cat? Yeah, we also <laughs> get some. Uh... To be another animal, I'd be a cat. Me too. I'd be a red panda. Oh, I do love my red pandas. Pandas are cute. I agree. They are uh, cute. But yeah, like this brings up the mood so much from like this really almost really when you think about it depressing story. Like these were cats that were kidnapped left for dead from like somebody that they loved and trusted uh and they don't actually know that he did that he did it to them at this point oh they, There's, they did no not at this point because they're still in the dark Lou said uh, after they woke up it's like i had a dream that edgar took us and then he's like it turns out it wasn't a dream because right? i thought they learned that later I no, it was uh, right when they find him in the basket, because Toulouse drank less of the creme de la creme a la Edgar, which was what had the sleeping pills in it, mm -hmm. um, than everyone else, because he let the little mouse friend come and eat his with a little cracker. Oh, right. Um, yes, you're right, yes. Um, so... After the band departed, touches convert on the rooftop uh, while the kittens listen at the windowsill. Uh, Duchess lo Duchess's loyalty to Madame prompts her to decline O'Malley's marriage proposal because who doesn't want to get married after knowing someone for a day? I mean, honestly, if yeah, fair. a guy came up to me and I got treated the way O'Malley treats Duchess, I would be like, let's move in together first <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> i wouldn't say no i mean i it's probably just because of the pandemic where i haven't been on a lot of dates lately but or been around i mean people. if someone treated me that nicely and that right i'd yeah. be like i'll take a chance on this Look, you know? all for it some of my favorite movies are like the one night romance or it happens in a day kind of things okay so you I'm have all a for it. yeah i do have like a real life friend um she knew her husband for a little while as like friends first, but then after their first date, they moved in together. Okay. And they're still married and they have like two kids. Oh, nice. Oh, I love those yeah, stories. They have a very like vomit worthy, very sweet, you know, love story. I'm saying <laughs> sometimes the Disney princess formula does work. I guess. Oh, yeah. And, um, when we worked together, like he would call her every day when he got off work. Um, and she would still be at work, but he would just, like, tell her, like, I love you, I'm going to pick up the kids, and blah, blah, blah. Aww. I love and that. I'm like, God damn it, do that away from me. <laughs> All right, so the next day, the Duchess, or Duchess and the kittens return to Madame's mansion, where Edgar finds them before Madame does, and places them in a sack, and decides to try and shift them to Timbuktu. Now, I wonder if 
this was like a gag before this because I know that like this whole shifting them to Timbuktu like has been yeah, the big thing the... in so many things, including Garfield. You used to always yeah, try and ship Nurgle. Whenever they want to be like, oh, it's far away, they say Timbuktu. Yeah. So Timbuktu is a real place. Yep. Um, it is in, it's Africa. on the southernmost, it's on the southernmost tip of Africa. Mm-hmm. So according, so, you know, it's the farthest that post can go south for a lot of Europeans at the time. Okay. So it just became like a euphemism for really far away. Okay. Yeah. Cause I know, like I said, uh, because Garfield tries to ship Nermal off to Timbuktu all the time, which maybe got some of the influence from this because there's cats getting shipped off to Timbuktu. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I don't know when it first started, but I, um, <laughs> I was doing trivia night and I made everyone else in the trivia bar really mad because no one knew what a euphemism of an African country that's very far away. <laughs> and I don't even know how I knew, but I was just thinking, oh, it's probably like Timbuktu. Um, and I even spelled it right on my first try, which is, I have dyslexia, so that's, like, a huge win for me. Um, nice. but I made everyone else in the bar really mad, because they all missed that round. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rockfort, uh, catches up with O'Malley and Duchess, uh, intro- at Duchess's introduction, and O'Malley returns to the mansion, sending Rockfort to find Scat Cat and his gang, and we get this great scene of... Uh, the mouse trying to remember O'Malley's name and they're like oh if, we, if you don't get it right this third time we're gonna eat you uh, of course he gets it wrong the third time too and eventually lands on O'Malley uh, bringing he forth he's like basically saying fuck you O'Malley yeah, while he's basically. Getting oh I know him <laughs> uh, O'Malley the, and the, the alley cats and Fru-Fru fight Edgar while uh, Rockfort frees Duchess and the kittens. What a great scene. Like, this really, yeah. we, get, we get to see Fru-Fru, like, shine. Uh, Her kick to Edgar's gut, I just felt oh, that. Oh, you know he's dead after that. Ooh. Like, yeah, she partakes in it. Sorry? She does, she kicks oh. him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I said I like how she partakes. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, oh, like, God. he he would, he'd you probably be dead. Like, that, that kind of thing can kill a Internal person. Internal bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just heard you um, through the thing. I thought you said, I don't think she partakes in it, is what I thought I heard. Oh, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. I said, uh, I like that she partakes in it. Yeah. Yeah. She deserves it. She, I think Fru-Fru should have her own TV show. <laughs> Out of all the characters. We were talking about earlier. Give her a TV show where she just beats up all the villains of... Yes. Um, like she just kicks Maleficent off a cliff, you know. She just like goes a bunch through of, like movies, shorts, like Deadpool Wait, style. Has Disney yeah. ever done something about horses other than like Secretariat? Uh, yeah, she did. Yeah. They did Spirit. Um, mm-hmm. Spirit which, Disney. Ooh, yep. Yeah, it's Disney. It doesn't look like Disney, oh. but it is. Oh. I love that movie. But uh, I think they should do like a Deadpool style movie or TV show with Fru Fru. Where, just, you know, like, in the second one where he goes back through time. Yeah. She just goes to all the Disney movies and she beats the villain in, like, one punch. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Uh, so after the fight, Edgar, of course, is locked his, in his own packing case and sent to Timbuktu himself, never to be seen again. Because I imagine that the trip to Timbuktu at that time would have been very long. And he probably would have died in that case if no one let him out. Uh, internal bleeding, dehydration. Yeah, actually, the internal bleeding by itself probably would have killed him, like, within, what, 
an hour, two hours? I don't know how long it takes. Well, there is that keyhole that he can look through. So I'm guessing air gets in that way at least. So he'll have he'll be like low on oxygen, but by the time he wakes up from like getting knocked out, I think he'll be on the boat. So maybe he can yell out loud enough for someone to come get him, maybe. but he's still stuck on the boat to Timbuktu. Yeah. He is there with no money. And I loved how they talked about it in the movie where they're like it's a shame he left like so fast because he had no idea how much money I was going to leave him. <laughs> yeah. It's like again, like I'm sure she would have left him money as well as the cat's money at the beginning so that he could have still lived and taken care of the cats. She did. But, yeah, so like he's just a, such an idiot. Such an idiot. Um, he just got greedy, yeah. Yeah. So the aristocrats uh return to Madame Adeline uh who ignorant to the rest of the reasons why Edgar's departure uh, rewrites her will to exclude him. What a lame person Edgar is. Fuck that guy. <laughs> After adopting O'Malley into the family, Madame establishes a charity foundation housing Paris's cats for strays in her mansion. Uh, Scat Cat and his gang are the first to move in and reprise the song so loudly that the two dogs can hear them out in the countryside. And what a great end to this movie. Um, I just, I can't get over how much I liked it and how much I actually kind of want to go back and rewatch it from, it's just like a big cup of tea, you know, after a long day with this cute little movie. And I don't know. I just, I always find myself smiling when I watch it because it's just very sweet. Mm -hmm. I will say out of the movies we've watched recently, this is one of the ones I enjoyed more. Yes. Oh my god, I'm so happy. <laughs> I know, I, 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 you know, we all have our one movie that we're talking up, like a crazy amount before we get to it. So it's always nice that people like it. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for Ryan to like Robin Hood, because I know oh, I Ben and I really love it. So I think, Ryan, you're going to like it. I don't know if I've ever watched it before, but if I have, I don't remember it. I think... It'll, it's coming up next. I think it's either That's Next or The Rescuers, which I haven't seen since I was a kid. Oh, yeah. If it's I The Rescuers, I haven't either. watched that since I was six or seven. That just means The Renaissance <laughs> is coming up soon, which I'm excited for, because that's the Disney I like. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, and so... in The Renaissance, they do actually... So it's... I haven't seen this sequel, but it's well known as the best Disney sequel is The um, Down Under, because they have like an even better... Um, mm-hmm. animation and they really play with um, how they can animate the movie yep Rescuers 2 Which is good I've never even heard of it but I you know I do research for this podcast and it, it it's like being said that oh yeah this is like the best received Disney sequel mm-hmm. and I've seen Wait, like are we going to do the sequels though like the botched ones the well we're Disney doing anything ones? that can, we're, so the way that this podcast works uh, <laughs> is we're doing anything that was theatrically released so if it was in a theater, we will watch it. Uh, it so was. it was. Uh, it was one of the few sequels that actually made it to the theater, um, other than Pixar, which had all their sequels made it to theater. Funny. I guess we'll once we do all the Disney. I guess we could move to the Pixar. Pixar has included because yeah. So I included decoms. I included Pixar as part of the normal run uh, as they. Okay were bought pretty soon after that they put out their first couple movies. Wait, if they're doing theatrical releases, that does that include High School Musical 3? 
so we do animated, uh, but okay. we can definitely talk about doing real life ones maybe as a side cast. Uh, but uh, this one will focus mostly on the animated portions or ones that have animated bits in it, like we did. Uh, maybe for Mary season Poppins. two. Yeah, hold on though. So I know um, I've been begging to do bed knobs and broomsticks. So is that next? That's next. Uh, it is. Yes. Oh my god! So I also love that movie it's a huge comfort to me and i think you guys are going to love it i think i'm gonna hate it because i have always hated it it's miss angela lansbury as a witch fighting nazis what is not to love i, I, I haven't heard about it before so i don't know yeah i didn't like it as oh a kid God. i didn't like when i rewatched it as a teenager or as an adult so we'll see maybe my mind will get changed but i'm pretty sure i'm not going to like the next you have one to go into it. you're not you can't go into it expecting the kind of love that you get with Aristocats. It's yes. like you go into it, you expect like the camp and everything. Wait, Ben, if we're not doing live action movies, why didn't we do Mary Poppins? Oh, because we, uh, because they have animated portions. So yeah, we made that so distinction uh, the end of last season. And you know what else does that came out in theaters? The Lizzie McGuire movie. Oh, it does. Oh, it does. Actually, it might be on this list, actually. If it has animation, it is on my animated list. Because, uh, you know, okay. animated Lizzie. <laughs> Oh my god, Anime Lizzie. I would still do that movie. I love that movie. I I've, I grew up with the Lizzie McGuire. That was, it's a good movie. Mm -hmm. But then I think we also have to talk about the context that she's 13 in that movie. Yeah. And she just goes to the country and has an affair with a pop star. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk At about 13, that. 13, that was my dream. <laughs> oh, that was all of our dream in 13. Come on. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bread Rock and Broomsticks is next. Uh... So but, I'm not saying it's like bad or campy, but it's like, it is really good for what it is, which is like a very camp 70s masterpiece. And if you are a super fan of Angela Lansbury, like me, you'll like it. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, when we go through it uh, in the next week or so. Um, do we have anything left to say about this movie or do we want to jump into the rankings? Um... No, I have all my notes that I I'm done with notes. Yeah. <laughs> In my notes, I literally just had for Edgar Dumas bricks. <laughs> yep. So is. All right, then uh, if you are newer to the podcast, then you might not know this, but on every episode we will rank the different aspects of the movie that we just watched against what we've already watched. So we rank the villain, the movie, the main characters, the music, and I think that's it. I think we've removed animation. Um so we will today we will be going through these and we will start with the villain because I'm pretty sure I know exactly where he's going to go. I think he's going to go last. <laughs> I think he's 15. But right. So okay. in our villains, we have in number one, the horned king from the Black Cauldron. Number two is Maleficent from the Sleeping Beauty movie. Number three is the coachman, Honest John and Gideon and Stromboli from Pinocchio. Four is the Red Queen from Alice in Wonderland. Five is Hook from Peter Pan. Six, Crow DeVille from 101 Dalmatians. Seven is Shere Khan from The Jungle Book. Eight is Lady Tremaine and the Evil Stepsisters from Cinderella. The next, number nine, is Evil Stepmother from Snow White. Ten is Madame Mim from Sword in the Stone. Eleven, Headless Horseman, The Weasels, and The Bartender from Ichabob Crane and Mr. Toad. Twelve, The Crabby Hunters from Bambi. 13, Aunt Sarah from Lady and the Tramp, and 14, The Ringmasters and Elephant Snoots from Dumbo. I agree wholeheartedly oh. with Ryan. This Edgar's at the bottom of the list. This guy didn't have a plan. He was stupid, and 
he screwed himself out of money. Away with it. No. Yeah. So Not here's the thing, though. I think he should go um, around where Aunt Sarah is. So Aunt Sarah, yeah, she sucks. But she does it all unwittingly. And um, as soon as she realizes the error of her ways, she apologizes and does right by That's true. Lady. Um, but then, I mean... <laughs> The butler did it. The butler is dumb it's as rocks, true. and he has no plan. So, I kind of want to think about maybe putting him under the crappy hunters, because the crappy hunters, I feel like they did it knowingly, like setting fire to stuff to scare out animals. Yeah. I can agree with that. So, I'm putting, I want to put him under Aunt Sarah, because I think she's, or, wait. No, no above, above Aunt Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. Under the crappy hunters at number 13. I... Yeah, I was like, wait, he's not that evil. We'll put him under Aunt Sarah, but then I forgot about ranking. <laughs> We're ranking by most evil. Most evil. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally good. But also, like, how good of a villain they are, too. Well, to be fair, Aunt Sarah was a terrible villain, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Edgar will be now be our 13th under the Krabby Hunters and above Aunt Sarah. The next thing we are going to be ranking is the music. So right now we have number one is Cinderella, two Pinocchio, three Snow White, four Mary Poppins, five Jungle Book, six Lady and the Tramp, seven Alice Wonderland, eight Sleeping Beauty, nine 101 Dalmatians, ten Ichabob Crane, Mr. Toad, eleven Sword in the Stone, twelve Dumbo, thirteen Peter Pan, fourteen Bambi. Where do we want to put? Okay, that's a great place to start under the Jungle Book. Sam, what do you think? want to maybe put it above Mary Poppins because I feel like they have better there's more songs that we like in this movie versus Mary Poppins because we like the music of Mary Poppins but just a couple of the songs right yes and I would actually put it above yeah I think I'd put it above Mary Poppins just because of I would almost want to put it above Pinocchio the only thing that gets me is that first song in this I yeah. thought it was really bad, didn't fit the tone of the movie, didn't fit anything. I thought it was sung really well. I think that it's a very good song, but not for this movie. That's... I know this yeah. is a personal ranking, too, but I'm also thinking about like how important the music in these movies are oh, like, yeah, of to course. the Disney canon. That's why I would put it under Mary Poppins and under the Jungle Book. That would like, make sense. Cinderella and Pinocchio, you know, uh, you know... Once Upon a Dream, well not Once Upon a Dream, was like, what is it, When You Wish Upon a Star, you know, those are like the unofficial Disney songs, you know. One thing you can really see though is with this and The Jungle Book is this change in tone of the music. Yeah. Right? And I think that's important to talk about as well because uh, Pinocchio, Cinderella, Snow White, they all had this very slow, melodic, very well, like, versed kind of course uh, music. But now we're getting to this more punchy, made-for-kid uh, audiences, right? Like, very upbeat, trying to get people into it, trying to get them singing, get them dancing, that it's kind of thing. Period. So we're seeing I this change I would argue that Delacy, the, like, Thomas O'Malley initial song is way too sexy to be for kids, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Unless they it's wanna, got too kids it's need, a little, kids too need a little sexiness in their eyes, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from for that. Uh, and I, I still don't, like, I don't actually think that it should go above, like, Pinocchio or Cinderella. I think that 
those are going to end up staying up there until probably the renaissance or like kind of a golden age hits um yeah but yeah that's why i put it under the jungle book i'm yeah i i think it needs to be above mary poppins i think so too i think that mary poppins well my problem is i i think that we might have put mary poppins a little too high (laughs) but i think that it's better than mary poppins but i don't think that it's as good as the song in snow white yeah i agree so i think that's where it's going to end up just based on uh democracy but yeah i get where you're coming from too ryan though um i think if it wasn't for mary poppins being so high i wouldn't put it above it uh because i think jungle book has a better thing of music but i think that this is better than mary poppins i know i'm just i'm always thinking about like the broader picture yeah of course you know yeah and i think that's why mary poppins is so high but Mm -hmm. i'm just saying in my household at least aristocats was the um, movie like the music was just as iconic and so and for me that that same moment is going to be robin hood because that Mm. that that tape got used so much in my house that we had to get a second version of it mine too um it happened with aladdin as well like we put in aladdin the tape and then it just spit it out (laughs) yeah mine would stop playing aladdin at a certain point and uh, we had to get to one of that one too there's a couple of those actually in my household uh so the next thing that we are going to rank is the main characters so in this one it will be the cat group or the cat pack or i'm not sure how would it be duchess i think it's all of them uh yeah duchess o'malley and the kids how about cat pack found family or something (laughs) i don't know i wouldn't say found family because the four of them are biological and to be fair she marries o'malley at the end basically when he moves in yeah but you do find that's um, true well so they find that and then they have like all the cats the scat pack comes in and their family now too like she has a cat sanctuary the cat pack yeah i will do that as when i'm older and be like you know what she said foundation yeah. Charity. Charity, yeah. Charity, yeah. Um, all right, so for main characters, in number one, we have Cinderella. Two is Lady. Three, Mary Poppins. Four, Mr. Toad. Five, Alice. Six, uh, Taran. 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 Ugh, I can never say his word, because I just want to say Tarzan. Um, <laughs> seven is Bambi. Eight, Snow White. Nine, Wendy. Ten, Dalmatian Fam Jam. Uh, Eleven is Mowgli. Twelve, Arthur. 13, Aurora, 14, Dumbo, 15, Pinocchio, 16, Ichabob, Crane. So where do we want to put the Cat Pack? Yeah, the Cat Pack. Cat Pack. I want to put it kind of high, but I want to hear your guys' opinions first, because I might, you know. I would like to put it above Lady. Really? Yeah. That's even higher than I wanted to put it because I didn't think you guys would want to put it yeah, that high. <laughs> I want to put it above so, Lady because yeah, I, I honestly, the biggest reason, O'Malley. I think that he carries this performance like crazy. I think the kids are cute and they do kid stuff and she is the level-headed one, but O'Malley really brings this group together to like make them a good main character. Well, yeah, I agree that, but I think his and Duchess's relationship is also just yeah. really just electric you know because i think she knows that like you know she's been around the block she's had kids she knows what's up Mm -hmm. she's an experienced beautiful lady she knows what she's doing 
and it come along comes this guy who's trying to tell her how life is and so she's sort of calling him on stuff and is a little sarcastic at times yeah. when he gets like, boastful and she's like oh is this a magic carpet is it oh yeah oh my god <laughs> when he was trying to flirt and she just like shut him down oh yeah uh, duchess you're the best just, yeah uh-huh i'm sure my eyes are like sapphires buddy <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, i've heard all this before exactly Where that's why we... i like them together because she's not yeah. like this total like new ingenue who totally falls for his shit dick you know mm-hmm. she but actually his, like calls him on stuff which is nice yeah like, she's an actually an independent like... person or cat and if you think about it she is also kind of a player yeah her cats are all like her kittens are all different colors oh dang i never even thought oh. about that are they supposed to be the same age though no I think I mean, they're supposed yeah, to be from I'm the same just... thing, but yeah, I know what you mean. Like, um, then where would you put it, Ryan? Because it didn't seem like you were crazy I about was putting gonna it there. Put, uh, I was gonna put it under Taryn because, like, oh, really, I don't, I don't know, because Taryn, like, I know I had my issues with that movie, okay, but really feels like main character e. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he I feels like, like the, it's a completely different type of story because that's yeah. fantasy. What you're saying, but you get what I mean, though, right? I get what you mean. I. What if we compromise and put him, um, around where Mr. Toad is? Put them where Mr. I'm fine putting it above Mr. Toad. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Below Mary yeah, Poppins, above but, Mr. Toad. Yeah, but I would have just put him below Taryn, though, if it was just up to me, because I don't know, because like, I I know it's more so. Out of, an ensemble cast between the five of them yeah and that's but, where it kind of becomes unfair yeah. too right it's because yeah. we now have we get five personalities that we get to play with um yeah but that. i will say it's like like you said it's basically thomas o'malley yeah. um because he is the one who goes through actual character change mm-hmm. like everyone else is pretty static yeah, yeah. what's funny though is you talk about taryn uh imagine if we'd done the full group you know that he'd be at the bottom <laughs> If we did yeah. Taryn and the crew because of Gurky. If we're do- uh. <laughs> Fuck off, I love that movie so much. <laughs> oh, but we all hate that character. All right. Oh, yeah, no one likes him. <laughs> the, the last thing we have to rank is the movie itself versus everything else. So right now, everybody, we have Cinderella number one, Lady and the Tramp number two, 101 Dalmatians number three, Snow White four, Alice in Wonderland five, S- Sleeping Beauty six, the Jungle Book, 7. Black Cauldron, 8. Sword of the Stone, 9. Mary Poppins, 10. Adventure Ichabob created Mr. Toad, 11. 12, Pinocchio. 13, Dumbo. 14, Peter Pan. And 15, Bambi. Because fuck that movie. Um, so Sam, I let's... Oh yeah, Ryan, why don't we start with you? So I enjoyed this more than 101 Dalmatians, but I enjoyed it less than Sleeping Beauty. Ooh, Yeah. That's fair. Sam. I don't know. What about you? Um, well, first, well, before we move on to me, how do you feel about it in relation to Lady and the Tramp? Ooh. About the same. Okay. Okay. So, you know, over or under, you're fine with it. Over, under, yeah. About the same. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of putting it in number two, but that's. I was thinking the same thing, actually. I think it is just, it's a very comforting movie. And I almost got the same feeling watching it as I did with Cinderella. Just there was nostalgia. 
there was um, a really great story um, and I just thought it was very beautiful yes both of them Cinderella's still at number one Cinderella yeah. I, I really don't know if Cinderella's going to get moved until like Aladdin and those things come along and yeah, then... I'm honestly so I love the Cinderella episode because I was just so pleasantly surprised finally because we didn't have some weird <laughs> um, we didn't have someone who didn't like it because it was a girl movie we just had people who genuinely appreciated the fact that Cinderella is just a magical movie yeah shade shade and it's beautiful it's okay. I'm not afraid to throw shade anymore you yeah. know what loves it yeah um, yeah okay so then uh, I'm okay with putting it number two. I think that that's exactly where I'd put it. I think that this was such a good, like a feel good movie, had a good story. The only thing I think that takes away from it is the villain side. I think that it has a very weak villain, um, and his motivations make very little to no sense. Um, yeah, I will say like he could have just been out of the picture entirely too. Mm-hmm. We could have had this movie go into a homeward bound situation. Yep. Um, which I don't know, our listeners might not know what Homeward Bound is, um, but it's a Disney movie, and it's about these three pets who get um, left behind on a move, unintentionally, yeah. but they do get left behind, and they travel across the U.S. Um, and learn to rely on each other, because there's like a cat and two dogs, so there's initial like fighting and stuff just between each other, and they learn to love each other even more, and then they find they're humans again at the end of the story and you cry every time every time you know if you haven't seen like, it go out and watch it like right now i haven't like, seen it like like green tissues leave all right ryan out. leave this podcast you don't have to come back anymore today just go watch homeward bound go oh, cry a little yes. it'll be great <laughs> the rest of the day yes. <laughs> it is a great movie it is very sad um and but it 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 aged well for parts, but the overall, like, how it was filmed and stuff did not age as well. So just don't expect, yeah, just like, like, a quality movie. Effect-wise, yeah. It was... It happens. Yeah, because it's live action, so they just have actors talking as the dog. Yeah. You know? So... So just keep that in mind when you watch it. But yes, everyone should I mean, watch that movie. I'm not going to fault it. Unless it's, like, botched 70s Chronicles of... No, Sonia. it's not that bad. No, I think nineties. Yeah, is when this was made. I think it was yeah, late nineties. I'm not gonna like judge it for that because you know. Well, we want a full report um, by the next time we meet. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. I want to say one more thing though. It's a little petty thing though mm-hmm. what? about this movie. The geese didn't say goodbye when they're walking away with their uncle when he was drunk. To be oh fair though, God. I've definitely like been places with like super drunk friends and like you're in a group and you know that friend has to go you kind of no, just need to get them out of there you could have been like ta-ta you know yeah you they said bye that's, that's fair like, actually they didn't say bye they didn't really I know agree you, though. they were strangers where, yeah you should have said bye but also i have been in that situation where i'm trying to get a drunk friend home because i know you guys know what girl friend. wasted. I have always you know? I've okay. never been that drunk because I don't like not being in control of uh, my faculties. Um, so I like to get comfortably drunk if I ever do, which I actually don't anymore. Um, but I would go out with my friends from kitchens who stereotypically and very true to their stereotype, you know, they like to drink until like you don't know what happened at all last night, mm-hmm. you know? Um 
And so they get like white girl wasted. So you need to make sure like, hey, no, we don't need to see what's under your skirt. Put that down, please. Um, and you just need to like drag her out of the club. Yeah. And like, usually it's like, we don't, we don't have time to say goodbye. Like we can't go say goodbye to everybody. Like just okay, bye. Leave. Yeah. I mean, I've also had a situation where I was, you know, in my pajamas getting ready for bed. And then I get a call crying from a club bathroom, you know? So I have to go to drive to a club, show my ID and be like, look, I'm not even, I don't, and try to talk my way out of paying like the cover and be like, look, I'm just, you can have security follow me to the bathroom. I just need to get my friend out of there. Yeah. And then I basically like lift her up out of the club. I'm not saying bye, you know? Yeah. Well, so you I get it. Bye to you. you have a whole adventure. That's true. So yeah, I get, I get where it's a little bit rude, but may, maybe it's just, uh, know, that's they're just snooty. Part of me. It's like, bye, didn't say bye. <laughs> like they were just I being snooty. They're like, oh, that Tomcat, I don't want to say goodbye to him. He was awful. And just trying to wile that woman away with his man wiles. This just gave me an idea, though. Should we do a drunk New Year's yes. podcast? Yes. So, as nice as that is, um, the reason I don't drink anymore is because medically I cannot drink. Okay, okay so... well, you can watch me get drunk. <laughs> Ryan okay. and I can get drunk, and then you can be our sober friend who's trying to rein you us know, in. That's one of, my, that's one of my, the most, like, funny things to me, is, like, when there's a crazy person, but then you see, like, the rational person try to keep it in. Try and keep them in line. The crazy person. Oh, jeez. That's like, the funniest things to me. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah, and we man. should record it so we can all see our little... Oh, of course. What everyone looks like drunk and what I look like dealing with drunk people. <laughs> yes. Uh, or else if I make it down there, I'm still hoping to get down there this summer. So we'll see. Uh, uh, Disneyland. Has exactly. to be before August. Yes. Well, it has to be before August anyways. Cause yeah. I, yeah. I think it's Seattle in August. Um, yeah. But yeah, awesome. Well... That was a great show, guys, and thank you everyone for tuning in uh, to the Aristocats. Next time, we will be talking about pen knobs and broomsticks, so we'll see how that one goes. Uh, maybe my mind will get changed. It's going to be a crapshoot. <laughs> uh, but either way, it'll be fun to talk about it next time, and like we always say, I would love to hear from you guys. Um, you can contact us through social or through email. Uh, unfortunately, I have been too busy to do our social, but I am hopefully going to have a little more time starting in the next couple weeks, so we will get on there a little bit more. Other than that, uh, I always like to get our hosts to talk a little bit about their personal projects as we all work in content creation of some sort. So, Ryan, what are you up to these days? So, recently, I haven't done anything because I've been so busy working. That's fair. And also... I got accepted to field school in Mongolia, so I've been I've been busy preparing for that. Mm -hmm. and that's going to happen in August. I've been busy preparing things for that and everything, but 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 I am planning on recording what I can and writing down what I can and maybe blogging about it and mm -hmm. posting videos on YouTube about it. Nice and stuff. So we'll see. But that's yeah. that's like a long way away. So yeah, well, we'll keep people informed. Mm -hmm. That would be a really cool YouTube series mm -hmm. of like, hey, this is my and life in Mongolia as a archaeologist. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I was, but you know, with archaeology, you can only record so much. Yeah. Yeah, you can just say, oh, here's what I have for breakfast. I went digging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's all I Do can the show. personal, like the real life vlogs. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, Sam. All right, Sam, what are you up to these days? Well, I uh, just got a new job. I am actually an archaeologist now. I'm paid to do it. I'm not just, Mm. um, I don't just have the degree. Um, And so I've been working a lot lately on that. Um, But while I'm doing that, I am rolling out my new season of Digital Sue. And I'd really like to do some listener sent in episodes. So if you have any sort of deep dive food history or anthropology uh, episode you would like me to do because I've gone really deep into the history of like how a vegetable is cultivated whereas I've also gone into like the history of how a bread was made so I'm all for whatever as long as it's super weird and I haven't done it before I'm gonna be all in um you can email me at digitalsue at gmail.com um and you can find that email through my actual podcast website I put it as in as many places as possible um but like i thought it would be cool to bring a like a preview of some of the episodes i'm doing next for this coming um stock of uh episodes and so i'm gonna do an episode about microwaves and classism because initially when microwaves came out they were um this new thing so only really rich people could afford it and then i'm going to talk about basically the fall from grace because people really look down on if you use a microwave now Mm -hmm. um and i'm going to be doing some more holiday episodes uh especially i'm going to go into the history of yule and yuletide for christmas nice and um oh i'm going to do an episode on rotten food so there's going to be a fermentation episode and how that has basically saved humanity Awesome. Well, I look forward to those. Uh, I am a very avid listener of Digital Sue. It's always fun. You'll always learn something new, and I would always suggest people to check it out. Thank you. Uh, personally, I am actually not up to too much. Uh, I've been starting to gather some things together to actually launch my uh, stream and everything properly this time. The first time I did it was very haphazardly. This time I want to have pre-content created so that I'm ready to go uh, so I've been working with uh, my co-host for that. Uh, we are starting the card cast uh, up this weekend. So the first episode that should go out next week. Uh, and we will be talking about the first two episodes of Star Trek Picard season two. Uh, we did the first season last year and we had mixed reviews on it. And this year, I think we're going to have even more mixed reviews for, based on the first two episodes that have come out. So a lot of fun stuff coming up. Uh, the stream will be coming back probably at the end of May after all the craziness at work stops and I will actually have my evenings back to myself. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of things coming, but until that, uh, I won't really push out too much. So just keep an eye out on the podcast and we will let you know when new things are going to come out. Uh, other than that, yeah, but Um, yeah, work just takes up so much time and so much energy. Tell me about it. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, about Picard cast, though, um, my mom is a huge Trekkie, and she also was kind of meh about the series. Like, she liked yeah. some stuff, but overall, she was just kind of like... Wait, what's Picard cast? So I, I did a, a podcast on Picard, and we called it the Picard cast. Uh, so Picard is the continuation of Star Trek... What was it? Enterprise, I think? I think, Sometimes yeah. I feel so off with, the loop. Uh, with Star, I feel like yeah, I no. with um, John Luke Picard as the main character in his Order Age as an Amiral, and he goes and tries to find the 
synthetics uh, after a terrorist attack attacks uh, Mars. So they're trying to track down the last of the synthetics. Uh, and then also, my mom didn't like it because it's that's the plot of Blade Runner. Yes. You know, because like when Picard was captain of the Enterprise and stuff, that was my mom's favorite series too. Was, so I think yeah. she was. Me personally, I like Janeway as my favorite. Um, I love Voyager just because it's really fucking weird. Voyager was great too. I, I'm watching Discovery right now, also amazing. Uh, but that is for another time. I think that wraps us up for the day, which is awesome. And we're getting off right on time here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Sam and Ryan, for jumping on and talking with me about uh, another Disney movie. And I look forward to talking about the next one in a couple weeks. Uh, until then, thank you, everyone, again. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.